Hello, my friend, and welcome to another show of the Career Pivot Accelerator. Today, I am switching gears and talking about customer service is critical for business success. So when I talk about customer service, I do mean both in-house and the front of house or in the hotel industry uh, when I worked there several years ago, the heart of house, which is your internal customers, your other departments that you serve. But ultimately, we all have customers that we serve, whether it be your manager or in delivering on a project or another department that you are collaborating with on projects. You all have customers. We all have customers. But this specifically, this show is geared towards business that have products to sell, whether they be online or physical products or physical services that you deliver for people. It is all about that delivery of service. Let's face it, if you want to see your business fail, deliver bad customer service. Now, you don't need me to remind you that without customers, you have no business and ultimately you will not make money. Therefore, no business. You know the old saying, if you deliver bad customer service, they will tell 25 friends or more about how badly they were treated or how the product was inferior. You really don't want to end up with that. In today's show, I'm going to go over what you can do to elevate your business to another level, a better level, by delivering superior service to your current and future customers. All right. Tip number one, point number one, is do not contract out your call center staff. Now, let me explain this. If you have contracted out your call center to another country and they do not speak the native language where your business is placed, then you're going to find an awful lot of customers struggling and eventually going away from your business because the call center staff just don't understand. They cannot translate, they cannot speak the language in order to communicate effectively to your customers when they have issues that they need to raise with the organization. But if you provide all call center service because the volume of calls you receive is just too much and you're a global business, I get that. I'm all for that. However, do not scrimp on training. Training needs to double down, if not triple or quadruple down, where you are happy with the training that you provide to those staff that you have contracted out your call center to. Deliver training to your employees like they are your best customer. Just remember, when one team member fails, the whole team fails, which ultimately will cost the business. All right, number two, treat your customers special. 
treating your customers like they are the most important person in the room or have ever entered your doors, whether they be virtual doors or physical doors, will go far, very far. Take, for example, some shoes I bought online a few years ago. When I got them, they didn't fit very well. I bought the right size, but I couldn't understand why they didn't fit like others I had purchased before. I had no problems with any of the shoes that I had in the past. So a few months later, I went back to the department store and told them what had happened. And the customer service rep promptly whisked the shoes away, did something to them behind the curtain, went, okay, that's the proverbial curtain. It was actually a door, but potato, potato. When he came back and I tried them on, presto bingo, they fit so much better. If it is within your power to do something to help your customer experience, then do not hold back. Also empower your staff by emphasizing the same point that we are all here to give our customers that exceptional experience. Again, it goes back down to the training and delivering training so your staff understand, oh, I can go that extra mile rather than, oh, I don't know what the rules are and this is what the rules say in black and white, so I can't go beyond those boundaries. Give clear instructions through exceptional training to your staff and that will pay dividends. Number three, give refunds generously. I've often found it very difficult to fathom with people who have money courses that, so these are people who sell courses about money, right? And they want you to release these blocks that they seem to say that you have, or there's some kind of hang up you have about money. Yet, They are the ones who seem to be the biggest misers when it comes to giving a customer refund. Why have a refund policy and then give your customer the Spanish Inquisition about why they want their money back? I find this behavior so hypocritical. I also know of some very big names online that have been around for years in personal development, touting abundance, generosity, kindness, They even have meditations that lead you through visioning that new future life for yourself and how they want you to feel it and embrace it and just really go there to I don't know what. Yet, these are the people that are the ones with the stingiest and harshest refund policies going. It's nuts. I've also experienced the guilt trip and the shame they pass on by bragging only 1% of our customers ask for a refund. Huh? And then in the next breath, as they kick you out the virtual or literal door, don't come back because you cannot buy this product again. Wait, what? How rude. Is that what they teach in personal development? How to kick a customer when they're down? No, no, no. Let's face it. In the big grand scheme of things, 
if you're preaching there is abundance in the world and there's enough to go around for everyone, there's a billion people on this planet and there's so much wealth and prosperity, well, why are you wasting so much of your energy on one person asking for a refund? You don't know what's going on with that person. Maybe they have fallen on hard times and cannot afford, afford your product. Are you really going to deny them a refund if it means they cannot eat for the rest of the month or year? I would not want that on my head. Practice what you preach and give refunds. No questions asked. Just send them blessings. Share how happy you will see them to return when the time is right. That's it. It's not hard. Now, for some of you business owners, I can hear you going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving refunds is not that easy or simple or I don't want to. Well, here's tip number four that will help you to help them, which is vet your customers. If you provide, a, especially if you provide a high-end product, I'm talking about a price tag, anything over two grand then you have a responsibility as a business to make sure your customers are the right fit. Now, as an owner, I've heard it several times, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. Yeah, well, it's easy to shift the blame to the buyer, but equally, it's your responsibility to make sure that your product meets their needs. And if you just let anybody and everybody join, well, don't be surprised if things go a little sour eventually, if not completely. Now, what I mean by letting the buyer beware and caveat emptor, this goes back to my original opening about bad customers equal no profits. So, yeah, we could always blame the customer. It's always the customer. It's never us. But ultimately, well, how well do you know your product? How well do you want to stand behind your product as being the best thing out there? Well, if you feel quite strongly about that, then there are no bad customers, right? Bad customers are not just the ones who want to deliberately cause trouble. In my experience, most people have good intentions of wanting to buy products for the experience and the pleasure they bring, not to just kick the crap out of it and return it <laughs> saying it doesn't work. No, in my experience, there are very, very few customers like that, but I understand that there will be customers that do come along that may possibly be like that. By vetting your customers, you are protecting yourself and your customers by providing the right and correct experience for them as well as you that you know is the right fit. Take, for example, a couple of very expensive coaching programs I signed up for. Both had forms you had to fill out. The first one came back and rejected me. What? Say what? How dare they reject me? I have good money to pay for their services. Okay. After I got over my bruised ego, I realized they did me such a huge favor. 
They provided feedback to say, when you reach a certain level of income, you are welcome to reapply. I really respected that. Even to this day, I respected that. And I still do. I give them a lot of kudos for rejecting me in a gentle, kind, and loving way. It gave me an incentive to work hard to one day approach them again. The other program I applied for, though, mm, not so much. They just happily took my life savings. They literally stood up in a seminar under the guise or the veil of a training weekend, which it was just a big pitch fest. And um, basically, they said, well, do you need your husband to give you, you know, um, approval for everything? Again, guilting the women into, no, I can make my own decisions, where they really should not be doing that kind of language when it comes to selling people on their products and their courses. Ultimately, they didn't ask me on this form how much money I have made to date online. I later realized they really could care less. The salesperson sold me a pup. Okay, they basically lied to me that there was coaching and this other stuff to help me build my business. It was sort of there, but I soon realized everyone in this program was already making money and no one in my my so-called mastermind group was bonding. It was all very much directed by the person leading the mastermind and I say that in speech marks because it wasn't really a mastermind it was like a group of people getting together listening to this guy and yeah that was it he would just task us with stuff to do for that month and then leave us to it but with the bonding that really you know kind of niggled me i thought why why are they not you know gelling i mean there was one or two that would kind of you know talk about collaborating together but i made the attempt to try and collaborate and offer my services to some people you know just genuine help because they said that they were far too busy so i thought well i'll give them a hand you know it's in my nature and they just didn't want to know So I thought, well, okay, you obviously have a closed mindset, not an abundance mindset that I was told by that personal development person earlier. You know, the one that kicked you out the door and said, don't buy my product ever again because you're banned. Oh, come on. This, the whole thing is nuts. Anyway, um, so with regards to the program itself, if a student fell through the cracks they could care less. They never reached out. They never wanted to, they were never, they never wanted to, nor did they take any interest of trying to get their so-called students back on track. I mean, we're talking serious money. We're talking an annual salary for a majority of people. That is a lot of money to then just say, hey, thank you, sucker. I'll see you later. I'm off to the Bahamas or I'm here in Hawaii or I'm in my home in Maine or wherever they were that month, just jotting around the globe. Oh, my goodness. It just really it's eye opening. I can tell you that it really was the weirdest experience. And Ultimately, I will do everything in my power to avoid this in future.
What I was left with is this very slimy, abused feeling of having bought some snake oil from a very nefarious character. Never again. If there is one piece of advice I will give to you is never, ever, ever sign a contract for coaching. There is absolutely no need for it. The coach should stand behind their product or their services in this case with the confidence that what they deliver and offer for their clients is pure gold and ultimate transformations that they do not need a contract to bind them because ultimately a contract is binding and so sad, too bad. You signed your name. You said you was going to pay it. So now you got to cough up. And if you don't, we're going to come after you or the bailiffs are going to come after you. Is that really how you want to leave a legacy for your yourself and your business? I don't think so. Okay, so let's recap. Care for your customers and they will care for you, especially your product. And they will tell everybody in the world how fabulous this product is or how wonderful you are with your services and able to break down those barriers that you've had for years, so on and so forth. Treat them like they are the most important customer you have ever had. Trust me, it shows. People will pick up on these little micro things that are going on with your body language or your tone or just your facial expressions. People will pick up on it. So just remember, they are the most important person in your life. Fully train your staff in customer awareness, service, and behavior, aka emotional intelligence. If you're not training your staff on how to be the best customer service provider, meaning if someone is just hired in off the street and they're a little rough around the edges, that's okay. But as long as you communicate to your staff the expectation that they will be empathetic and they will listen to the customer, then it really will pay dividends to your bottom line, especially when your customer team have that emotional intelligence connection with all of your customers. Just remember, dividends and the bottom line. And finally, refund their money graciously and generously. But also ask for feedback on what you could have done as a business better. So you can learn from the experience. I mean, how refreshing would that be to ask the customer for some feedback? And don't do it just via an impersonal email. You know, I have also seen with the example I gave above about, oh, 1% have never asked for refunds. And oh, by the way, P.S., uh, you can never buy this product again if you get a refund. What? No, stop. Don't, don't be threatening your customers like that. That is just so unacceptable. You don't know what's going on in their lives at that moment in time. What has motivated them to refund or request a refund? 
Nine times out of 10, it's very hard for a customer to ask for a refund. They don't really want to do it. So why are you so resistant to giving their money back? It wasn't yours to begin with. Ultimately, you're there to learn just as much as they are there to learn. So why not pick up that phone or have a video call to say, hey, you know, we want to be better. What can we do to make your experience just that little bit better next time? And just see what they have to say. Again, listen. Listen to the customer and it will be able to reap the rewards with your dividends of your bottom line. So there you have it, my friend. The customer service is critical for business success show today. Just remember what you give, so shall you receive. Serve well, live well. Until next time, my friend. Bye for now.